0: Samuel Paris, as the newly installed minister, moved his family into the parsonage house in Salem Village, where local conflict between neighbors had been brewing for two generations. The Paris family was greatly expanded by now with his wife, the sickly Elizabeth and their three children, Thomas, age 10, Betty, 9, and Susanna, 4. Tituba had a husband now, another native slave called John Indian, and their infant child, Violet. Also living with them was young Abigail Williams, 11, who was a niece of Paris. Paris began his ministry in Salem Village by immediately fanning the flames of the conflict. Villagers had fought hard for their own meeting house, but they quickly burned their way through three ministers, a lifetime position in just 20 years. Now an outsider had arrived who demanded obedience as well as his agreed upon portion of firewood and taxes for every household in the village.
1: One hundred and
0: fifty years had passed since King Henry VIII had broken away from the Catholic Church in Rome, turning England into a Protestant country. But this new church kept many of the old ways and was now ruled by the king, unifying church and state. Church courts could tax and the priesthood spoke out against dissent. This did not sit well, growing merchant middle class, and led to the emergence of an insurgent sect, named the Puritans by their critics because they wanted to purify the Church of England, to cleanse it of Catholicism, which to them was the Antichrist. They detested the Catholic ceremonies they were forced to follow, and wanted to worship simply as was done in the days of Jesus. Puritan preachers delivered intense sermons urging people to look within and not toward a disconnected, faraway church or a faraway God. It was not a unified movement. There was disagreement between them. The more radical, called the Separatists, wanted to break away from the Church of England completely. In 1620, they sailed to New England and began the Plymouth Plantation called Patuxent, which they found littered with the skulls of its former inhabitants, who had been wiped out by European diseases just a few years before. They saw this as an encouraging sign from God and prayed in thanks. Ten years later, reform-minded Puritans settled north of Plymouth and started the Massachusetts Bay Colony. These Puritans wanted to live as an example to the world, as a city on a hill, and embody their true Christian way. They came by the tens of thousands and fleets of ships every year, spreading out in towns that mushroomed along the shore and into the mainland. This was known as the Great Migration. But civil war between the Puritans and the king broke out in England, which ended the Great Migration, and they were left on their own to rule themselves. The newer generations seemed less fanatical than their parents and grandparents had been, and church membership was in decline. The reason for this was the Calvinistic message preached in the New England meeting houses. This doctrine of predestination said God chose only a very few people to be saved. All others were damned there was nothing anyone could do but search their heart for a sign that they were one of the chosen. Only those who truly believed they had received the sign could apply to join the church and receive communion and baptism or be seen as an upstanding member of their community. To join the church one would go before the congregation confess their deepest sins and secrets and tell how they had received a sign from God and hoped that they would pass the vote from the members. Young people searched for a sign of grace, contemplating an almost certain eternity in hell. For many it was too much, driving them to madness. A movement, born in confidence, was now faltering more and more with each new generation. And not only due to declining church membership, The Puritan victory in the English Civil War was eventually overthrown, and Edmund Andros, a non-Puritan governor, was imposed on the colony by the new king. He allowed religious tolerance of Quakers and others while removing the independence of the towns. The New England Puritans staged a coup and regained power, but the political state of the colony remained uncertain. Then new warfare began with the Abneki tribes to the north. And refugees were streaming into the colony from New Hampshire and Maine. The memory of the disastrous King Philip's war between the English and natives 15 years before was still fresh in their minds with images of slaughter and the burning of towns. The weather had become much harsher in recent years, with unspeakably cold winters and summer droughts. Waves of smallpox had crossed the colony. A new sense of materialism and commerce was overshadowing the church in wealthy urban areas like Salem Town and Boston. Taverns were multiplying and Bible reading was decreasing. Dissension and disagreement over church doctrine was rampant, with some saying that the rules should be loosened in order to.
1: Ooh mm-hmm. You are chosen to be saved the devil takes the rest for his own to be enslaved by searching deep within you might
0: find a
1: clue and then begin to see the holy truth to the I Thank you. i uh-huh. If judgment comes
0: In the year 1692, Salem Village was notorious around the colony and had a reputation for disruption and controversy. It was originally the northern part of Salem town and had been carved up into farms to provide food for the prosperous port. The farmers in the village complained about having to travel so far to attend church services in the town and to have to perform watch duties in what they thought of as a separate community. Why didn't the people from the town come out and protect them, as the village was further into the mainland? The villagers eventually did get their meeting house and minister, but it was still considered only a parish and part of the larger Salem town. There was factionalism between those who wanted to be connected with the town and those who wanted to break away and form a fully independent town of their own. There was resentment over having to pay taxes toward the Salem Town Meeting House that they did not even use. Some didn't pay the tax, such as members of the extended Putnam family, and authorities responded by seizing land right in front of one of the Putnam's houses. In the span of 20 years, three ministers had come and gone, victims of the infighting over who was in control of the village, the meeting house, and the appointment of ministers. The entry of Samuel Parris into this situation was the spark that ignited a wildfire across the colony, a witch hunt that would destroy many lives and would signal a fall from grace for the Puritan colony, leading to the beginning of the end of the city on the hill. of our corruption in an evil time, when the wicked prosper and the godly party meet with vexations. And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are held up high. Ministers create a separation between the precious and the vile, and to labor whatever lies within them to gather together a pure church. The church may meet with many storms, but it shall never sink, for Christ sits not idle in the heavens, but takes most faithful care of his little ship, the church. ship bound for the port of heaven, laden with many precious gems and jewels, a treasure purchased by his own inestimable blood. He has seven eyes and seven horns, perfection of wisdom and perfection of power. There is no cause to fear. Put on the whole armor of in his kingdom